0: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com.
1: Welcome in to Fantasy Sports Daily on a Wednesday. Kyle Ulfric and Ray Flowers back with you, powered by FantasyGuru.com. And if you're already looking at Ray Flowers and you're saying to yourself, man, for whatever reason, that guy looks happy today. Um, it is because uh, Ray Flowers is digging out his his bass drum, his snare drum, his, his wood block, all the traditional instruments uh, that a Brazilian sports fan would bring to the stadium because ray we have uh, found out this morning it looks like the nfl is going international again and it's not london it's not frankfurt it's not mexico city ray it is sao paulo brazil that's what's got you so excited this morning right
0: yeah it does and we were trying to figure out time zones before the show began and you uh, you informed me that it's you know the different relative to california Looks like the morning games might start at 8 a.m. Pacific time instead of the current 630 when they're playing in England. So that's good. Um, I have said this many times. I've repeated here. This is absolutely preposterous. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) The NFL dominates North America as as much as Apple or as much as Facebook. They dominate North America and they want to spread across the world. It's not good for the players. It's not good for competitive balance. It's not good for the fans. Fans lose a home game. They only get eight or nine of them anyway. They lose one of those when they go and play in a different country. It's just terrible. The NFL doesn't give a damn. They just want money. New markets, Ray. If you're not growing, you're dying. That, that's
1: how businesses work.
0: Jennifer and Jill buy season tickets, and they get one of their games taken away. It's well, not they like don't they get... paid pay for that game. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not like they get 41 games or 81 games. They get eight or nine games, and then they lose one. It's just... Yeah. They don't you know, like, up as, as
1: most people out there get angry about referees and, like, roughing calls on, on the passer, you know, people get really upset with that when a quarterback gets shoved and there's the year th- That's how Ray gets with international football. Like, Ray, th- this is probably the most angry thing, uh, the-, the most perturbing thing, I should say,
0: about the NFL to you. I like your sweatshirt, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's very nice. Um, besides giving Josh Gordon 47 opportunities, this is probably number two. Yeah, it's... A- Again, I, I this is not for the fans. This is for the fans in the other parts of the world. Like you said, you got to grow and everything. This is not for the fans that pay the salaries. This is not for the fans that buy the tickets. This is not for the fans that buy the jerseys. This is not for the fans that watch the games on TV. This is for other parts of the world. This is not for you. Come on, no. Ray.
1: There's, there's more than just your little
0: corner of the globe. Come on. Yeah. I mean, We're all, fans all over the world. We make $7 billion. We need that to be eight. Let's go.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, That is just a report as of now, but if they're reporting it, it's going to happen in 2024. So the international series will continue. Um, We've got another report that we're going to talk about today. Nothing official, but as we kind of dig into what we have over the next 45 minutes to an hour here on the uh, pod today, sounds like the end of the road may be nigh for Bill Belichick, at least according to some reporting. So we will talk about that. Um, it's never too soon to get set for week 15, so we will get you set for week 15. Take a look at some uh, early lines and uh, over-unders, game totals, spreads, all that good stuff as we look ahead. Uh, injury reports, sounds like Justin Herbert is dunzo for the season. Give you the latest on Justin Jefferson as well. We will talk NFL with our friend Rich Miletto. Uh, Yesterday on the pod, Ray and I kind of got into the quarterbacks. You know, For those of you who are in the playoffs and you just lost Justin Herbert, Or you just lost C.J. Stroud. uh, You're probably looking at five or six rather underwhelming QBs. Uh, We're going to talk to Rich uh, about those QBs and maybe the direction he leans in if you uh, got that choice, if you have that selection. So Rich is going to join us in just a few. And we do have some baseball news. Um, It sounds like the Dodgers are going to make another big trade uh, nearing an agreement on Tyler Glasnow with Tampa Bay. And Ray, San Francisco, your Giants, they, they finally got involved in the free agent game and spent some money on a maybe big name. I, I i don't know. The numbers look good from over the Pacific, but who knows how that translates once you get to the Bay Area.
0: Yeah, the numbers look spectacular. League MVP and the KBO in 2022, that slash line looks like Ted Williams. Like, it's fantastic. Uh, but I wonder if he's Andrew Benintendi. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, Giants got a guy, and they're rumored to still be involved and all of that, trying to lick their wounds after the Otani loss. Which, by the way, a report came out last night from Andrew Baggerly that the Giants basically matched the Dodgers' offer. Mm-hmm. And I, there's another there's another report that the Blue Jays basically matched the offer. So this was not, we thought it was just the Dodgers or bust. That's what Otani wanted. But it sounds mm-hmm. like other teams really put the press on to make Otani part of their squads.
1: So a little football, a little baseball. We'll take your comments if you're following along live via Facebook or X or YouTube, wherever you're at. We love to hear from you guys. And as always, uh, Ray, we've got uh, discounts just in time for the holidays over at Fantasy Guru, right?
0: We do, absolutely. And you can see them listed there on the screen. We talk about them every day. FSD20 gets you that discount on any of our products, all of them. Any of our products, a 20% discount. So go ahead and use FSD20. To your heart's content, get everything. Uh, if you want to get the football product the rest of the way, and that's through the regular season and the playoffs. So from today all the way through the Super Bowl, we've discounted the price yet again. it's now75 dollars and that gets you all the betting through the Super Bowl. that gets you all the seasonal advice through the Super Bowl. That gets you all the DFS advice through the Super Bowl for So people that got knocked out last week that are done, they still love football, they still want to be involved. sign up at Fantasy Guru with the promo code ho ho. You get all of that including the DFS, jump in DFS. Because DFS goes all the way through the Super Bowl. You can make a lot of money. You can have a lot of success and obviously have a lot of fun doing that with us at fantasyguru.com. So use the promo code ho
1: ho. And we are uh, nearing the seventh night of Hanukkah. We are 12 days away from Christmas. If you need a very welcome gift, uh, get it at fantasyguru.com.
0: We have gift cards too. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's immediate. You don't even have to go out shopping, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You can do that shopping. Um, okay, let's dig into it, Ray. Let's get rolling. And and our first bit of news is big news. Uh, maybe it's expected news. It does not have a significant impact really on what we do, but it it is something that eventually was going to happen. Maybe not in this fashion, but hey, all good things end. And we even mentioned it yesterday. You know, the Patriots dynasty and how long it has gone. Uh, We got a report today. I think it's Tom Curran. uh, Is he with NBC out of uh, the the Boston area? Says the decision's already been made. Uh, Robert Kraft has decided that at the end of the year, not right now, but at the end of the year, Robert Kraft has decided Bill Belichick is out. Um, And whereas, Ray, if you had told me, hey, how's it going to end in New England? I would have said, oh, Bill Belichick retires, resigns, you know, moves on, whatever. Sounds like a firing, which is, you know, maybe it's semantics, Mm -hmm. I kind of struggle with the idea he'll get fired. Maybe there'll be a parting, a mutual agreement. Uh, But we're hearing it's kind of done for Belichick with the Patriots, which is pretty wild when you look at the history and all they've created there uh, in in Boston.
0: Yeah, the guy that signed a contract extension in October is now getting fired. Like this stuff is, you can't make this (laughs) stuff up. Uh, Bill Belichick is, and again, Jeff Manns has talked a lot about this on his show. Bill Belichick is one of the top, he's mount rushmore for coaches he's one of the five greatest coaches of all time people can say he's the number one coach of all time a great defensive coordinator who became a great head coach super bowls all of this uh he developed ways to analyze players that all the other teams in the league started following i mean he created systems of scouting and all this kind of stuff he is one of the greatest of all time time to move on great happy i'm happy for you patriots fans because a lot of you want him out good luck with the replacement good luck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that roster is terrible. There's nothing there. It's not like Bill Belichick's making mistakes that are causing it's causing the team not to win football games. Nah, they're in football games, yeah. in my opinion, because Bill Belichick is still there. So
1: is his final gift to him, Ray, may be the number one overall pick. I mean, Man. maybe uh, we'll see. They're, they're three and ten. They've got the Chiefs this week. They then go to Denver and Buffalo. Those are both road trips. Uh they end the season against the Jets. And and this news comes out, Ray, and, and I'm sure someone fed it. And it, it I guess the, the bonus here is that final game, what is it, January 7th, Sunday against the Jets, it gives him a send-off, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they can win that game. I don't know. Maybe they fall to three and fourteen, which is kind of an unceremonious end to the Belichick era. But at least they'll be able to give him the send-off. And, and it's funny with the reporting. It's like, oh, he'll end up somewhere else. And I'm thinking to myself, the man is 71. And I, I get it, Ray, that, hey, football's his life. That's all he knows. Um, he's hugely successful. But if, if you're a team, and I get it, somebody offers you Bill Belichick, maybe the greatest coach of all time, you're like, yeah, bring him in. But is it a good fit for anybody to bring in a coach who's 71 years old? I mean, is that a good fit to start over at that age? And I, I'm, you know, I'm dabbling in ageism, but I guess I'll be guilty, right? It's kind of weird that a team would say, yeah, let's let's start anew and get our future rolling with Bill Belichick in his 40th year of
0: coaching. Yeah, I mean, this obviously depends upon whether he wants to keep coaching or not. And you can't tell by looking at him because he's looked the same way the whole time. He looks disinterested, <laughs> but that's always how he's looked uh it sounds like he's interested in continuing but we'll see maybe he you know reflects and says that this is enough for me uh i think the organization that brought him in would not obviously be looking at a five-year rebuild right i don't think the carolina panthers hire him right it's like they he would want to go somewhere where he's got a chance to have success rather quickly uh we'll see but it is an interesting it is an interesting call because as long as his passion is still there The X's and O's and all that, that's, again, that's top of the mountain, man. And and any organization, despite what spoiled, I'll say it, spoiled New England fans think, any organization in football would love to have that guy on the sidelines for their team.
1: Just a report right now, and uh, even according to that report, it's at the end of the year that Belichick will be sent on his way. So nothing immediate, but uh, dead man walking, I guess, over the next month. Um, If you love Bill Belichick, you got like four more times than we to see him on the Patriots sideline. He just looked weird in like a, a Jaguars hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah. He's got to be outdoors in crappy environments, like a Cleveland. Of course, he's already been there and failed. So I don't know if Cleveland, you know, so who, who knows, but uh, we'll certainly talk more about that as we get closer to the uh, new year and the end of the year. Uh, speaking of the end of the year, uh, Ray, Justin Herbert, sort of as expected, uh, the news has come out undergoing surgery on his throwing hand his broken finger and uh, he is done for the year so uh pick your pick your poison folks the last four weeks of bill belichick are ray four weeks of easton stick that that's kind of what we're looking at here in december
0: Woo! yeah uh i love the name um but yeah easton stick i mean this is i mean geez this is kind of let's get bill belichick to the chargers right like this is kind of (laughs) <laughs> ending for Staley. It's just this they haven't achieved. They've had injuries this year on offense. There's no doubt about that, but they haven't achieved. We got Keenan Allen's got a heel issue now. We don't even know if he's gonna play. Pa- Josh Palmer's coming back. I had a Josh Palmer a couple of weeks ago thinking, all right, I'm gonna get a guy in the playoffs here. Now Herbert's out, so what the hell is Josh Palmer worth? Um, you know, they'll get Easton Sticks some reps, so he'll be available in the future if they need him to, to go back out there, but he's a limited guy who's basically described as a leader who lacks. <laughs> Tools. You know, so uh it's not gonna go well for the Chargers. It's a, it's a rough spot. And for the people that again have Palmer, we're hoping on Keenan Allen, even Austin Eckler, things get even more muddy for them in the fantasy playoffs.
1: And and I would say this, you know, it's easton stick, but you gotta play Keenan Allen. I, I if don't want anybody if he That's plays, yeah. Hard. Like you said, he's got a heel issue. Um also in that Thursday night, Josh Jacobs kind of iffy mm-hmm. uh for that game. He's dealing with a quad issue, but Josh Palmer has been activated um and and ray it's tough to start him there is it not i mean you've been waiting so hopefully you've got some other solutions but it's just like you just don't know in this game with easton stick and he was not embarrassing last week but you know it it was nothing special and nobody's expecting anything special it's almost like a wait and see approach uh with josh palmer but the other guys eckler um everett allen if he plays you know those guys are probably in Uh, More NFL news and injuries to come. Again, we'll talk more about Week 15. It starts tomorrow night with the uh, Chargers visiting the Raiders. Uh, Let's dig into this week. Let's talk some football. Rich Mileto is hanging out with us on a uh, Wednesday. Been a while since we got uh, Rich on the show. Wanted to pick his brain. He's got uh, a variety of articles popping pretty well every day over at Fantasy Guru. Uh, Just recently, there is the uh, Buy, Sell, Hold column. I think that was yesterday. Streamer column is up today, and that's particularly why we wanted to bring Rich in to kind of talk about quarterbacks that people may be considering for week 15.
2: Rich, it is good to see you, sir. How's it going today? Good. Good to be here. Thank you so much for having me back.
1: Yep. Uh, Before we dig into like uh, options for this week under center, uh, Justin Herbert, I, I think most people would say disappointing year. Let down year. I drafted him to be a stud and he wasn't. Now, Patrick Mahomes going through the same thing. He was drafted to be a stud. He hasn't been. How about for next year? Where, where would you guess Herbert lands in the QB rankings going into
2: 2024? If I had to guess where people are going to put him, he's probably going to be closer to that 10-12 range. For me, Ooh. it's going to depend on who the coach is, right? I mean, it, is Kellen Moore still there? Do they bring in an offensive-minded coach? That sort of thing. What kind of scheme are we looking at? I still have faith in Herbert. I mean... As much as Staley deserves some heat, it's not like they aren't beat up. I mean, they lost Mike Williams. I mean, shame on them for assuming Quentin Johnson could be his replacement. But Allen's hurt. Eckler's aging. The O-line was beat up at times and looked bad. So they've got some challenges. So I don't think, you know, Herbert comes with without any risk. But for me, I still would have him in that top six to eight. But I have a feeling you're going to see him in drafts slip down a little further unless we hear some sort of crazy news in the offseason or you know, some sort of offensive genius and Andy Reid ends up over there something like <laughs> crazy like that. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Rich, you're going to have that week 15 streamer article up at fantasyguru.com. And, you know, as, as Kyle noted, we want to talk to you a little bit about the quarterback position because I've seen the questions in Discord at fantasyguru.com. I've seen you answering the questions over and over and over and over. <laughs> one of the names that pops is Joe Flacco, who no one was talking about a month ago, thrust into a spot with the Browns, has had fantasy success the last two weeks, 250 in two both weeks. He's a guy that a lot of people are kind of targeting this week for an addition. What are your thoughts with Joe Flacco? I
2: like him. Um, I like him this week. I mentioned in the article. It's amazing to see what a veteran quarterback can do when they have weapons around him. I mean, the, this Browns team really did have kind of a a, a scheme and offense that was built prior to bringing in Watson. And Watson was supposed to be, you know, that that next piece that just took him over the top and let's be Frank. He, he was disappointing throughout much of the year. I know he was hurt. Then you go to some inexperienced and younger quarterbacks and nobody threw for 300 yards this season for the Browns until Flacco did it last week. So from my perspective, I like Flacco. I do think we need to be concerned about this week's matchup. The bears defense has been really, really good lately. I mean, potentially very dangerous to borderline elite for fantasy. Yeah. Um, So I'm concerned about Flacco this week. I know on paper, if you look at the whole year, you pass against the Bears and all that, but since Montez Sweat got there, they've had multiple sacks a game and they've just been a different defense. If Flacco looks good this week, and I'm fortunate, I've got a buy, so I have him on my bench, i um, waiting to see oh, if he per- he's a brilliant fantasy player, Ray. He has a bye. I can't even make the playoffs. Yeah. Rich oh, I got a bye. Look at me. I got three actually, <laughs> but whatever. Take his job, Rich. Take his job. <laughs> I mean, I was disappointed. Three out of eight I thought was a disappointment. But then I talked to someone. I'm like, yeah, maybe that's not so bad. But my point being is I would love to hold him and have him this week. I don't have a lot of faith in playing him. I, look, he's coming off two great games. He still is turning over the ball a little bit. I think he'll probably be fine. But I would love to see Flacco this week against what I think is a very tough Bears defense. And if we see him perform well, I think we have to have an honest conversation about the Browns making a playoff
0: run. Another guy that wasn't added in a lot of leagues, because you know, most leagues are still one quarterback league. So he's now someone that people are looking at with continued injuries at the position, Rich, is, is Jake Browning. And Jake Browning's look pretty sharp. He's completing all these passes, setting these records. Uh, the Bengals offense is working. They take on a Minnesota team that just, you know, basically pitched a shutout. Um, yeah. Where are we at with Jake Browning? He's another guy that we got a lot of questions with. Kind of Flacco and Browning both seem to be at the top of the list for a lot of people.
2: So last night on the coaching stream, me, Armando and Tyler talked about it. I have Flacco slightly ahead of Browning. They have Browning slightly ahead of Flacco. We all agreed we're splitting hairs on it. Um, Neither of them have what I think is the best matchups this week, because just like the Bears, I think the Vikings defense has been kind of underappreciated, you know, for a team that was I think they were 31st or 30th last year in team defense going by yards and scoring this year. I want to say they're inside the top 15. Um, They're playing well. Brian Flores makes things difficult for other quarterbacks. I've been cautioning people. I'm not as sold on Browning as others are. I do like the dinking and dunking. He's been looking good. He's been looking efficient. But I've always had this opinion that once defenses get you on film, and it typically takes four or five, six weeks, quarterbacks, that's when we start to see what the quarterbacks really are made of. You know, getting through the first few weeks and looking really good doesn't necessarily mean much. Um, there are a lot of weapons in Cincinnati. I like Browning. He's worth a shot. I would take a shot on Browning over a lot of the quarterbacks that are out there. You know, some of the names that got mentioned that we would put Browning behind like Sam Howe, as much as he doesn't look great, 40 plus passes a week, still getting it done. Matt Stafford, for some reason, he keeps floating around, um, waiver wires, especially this week against Washington. But overall, I'm worth, it's worth taking a shot on Browning. I personally like Flacco a little bit more. The weapons in Cincinnati are a little better, but honestly, I think we're kind of splitting hairs. The I've got both quarterbacks in that like QB fifteen to seventeen range. Mm-hmm.
1: Talking uh, quarterback possibilities for Week fifteen with Rich Miletto again. A lot of you uh, lost Herbert last week. Uh, it's not looking very good for C.J. Stroud, so uh, people might be scrambling. Uh, they might be looking at a name like Will Levis. You know, we talk about Flacco and Browning. Maybe they were gobbled up last week, Rich. Um, I doubt Will Levis was. Um, In effect, he's played seven games. He's had two really good ones and five mostly mediocre games. So I think he's available almost everywhere. Of course, the first game was great. Monday night was very strong against Miami. Levis this week, you've got Tennessee home against Houston. We just saw the Texans get kind of sliced and diced by Zach Wilson. Does,
2: Does that make you feel okay about Levis this week? I don't know if I feel okay about Levis. I, I tell you what, what makes me feel better about Levis is I feel like we have seen him improve, e- even though the, the scoring has been kind of meh for fantasy. I- if you watch him play, I do feel like you're seeing him improve as far as keeping his feet under him, as far as, yeah, he's still forcing the ball. You can tell he has a lot of confidence in his arm, but he's making better reads. He's trying to make sure the ball's going to the playmakers. I mean, he's definitely leaning on DeAndre Hopkins, which we did not see Tannehill do, for example, mm-hmm. I was more impressed with what Levis did against the Dolphins. That Dolphins defense entered the week, not giving up over 175 yards passing except one time in the last six games. I mean, it has been really good lately. They did have some injuries throughout the game, but man, that game was close. Levis. I mean, he showed no fear the whole time. I'm impressed with him from an NFL standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint, you know, if you got you more than 15 points this week, I would say that's a good thing. So he's, you know, I mentioned the article, it's kind of in the same tier because I do like the matchup against Houston. They are coming off a great win, but he is still a little bit below the Jake Brownings and Joe Flaccos for me. But I do have some interest. I'm I'm kind of, honestly, from a dynasty perspective, that's where my real interest in Will Levis is at.
0: Rich, we've got a couple of names that you have listed in the article, one that was just mentioned, Zach Wilson and Tommy DeVito. And we got a report this morning from The Athletic that the – Raiders are considering making a quarterback change. They should have never made the change to uh, Aiden O'Connell in the first place because he's not very good. Uh, right. sounds like Jimmy Garoppolo might be in the mix now. We don't know about Josh Jacobs in the backfield. They've got the matchup this week with the Chargers. So if I said to you, Garoppolo, DeVito, and Zach Wilson, eh, what do you think?
2: <laughs> Gross. Um <laughs> I'm not as much of a Zach Wilson hater as most are. I I was saying when they benched him, look, the Jets were pointing at the wrong thing. I was really happy to see what we saw from Zach Wilson, but he still has some problems and challenges. He is really hard to trust. You know, the Raiders have looked better, but you know, Ray, you bring up some good points. With all these injuries, I mean, what are the Raiders going to look like? It's not like the Raiders looked great with Jimmy. I 100% agree with you. I don't know why they made the change. If you made me rank the three of them, DeVito would still be last. Uh, I think, you know, if you get anything over 15 points with him, it's gravy. He's a little more fun to watch than he is watching his score in fantasy, but he's better than a zero in a super flex league. I would use him over most of the position players we get questions about. I think he's a fine play. Um, Maybe it's just a gut shot and I'm wrong here, but I would go Zach Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, DeVito in that order. Okay. Um, In the chat room, Rich, Red Comet. How's
1: Russell Wilson fit into this whole picture? You know, we're talking about Browning, (laughs) Flacco, and Levis. There's people been holding on to Russell Wilson all season as their QB, two. Is is he ahead of a guy like Browning, a Flacco? Uh, What do you think of of Russell Wilson for this weekend?
2: He's kind of in the same tier for me. Um, Quarterback, I'd have him slightly ahead of Flacco and Browning. I wouldn't feel confident betting on it saying Wilson's going to score more. Wilson, in my opinion, Russell Wilson, in my opinion, just has a more stable floor. Um, I think you can pretty much lock him in for 15 to 17 points. Whereas with Browning and Flacco, I'm hoping to get more than 17 points. Does that make some sense? Like, Mm -hmm. I I can't count. I, I don't feel as comfortable with their floor as I do Russell Wilson's, but I do think their ceiling is above Wilson's. And so if I had to pick and choose, You know, this is one of those conundrums with the rankings. Yeah, I would rank Russell ahead of him because I feel more confident in the floor. But if I'm picking for my lineups and I I know it's do or die and depending on how, you know, how I'm I hate looking at projections, but I know if looking at my lineup versus theirs, if I'm chasing or not, and I want the higher ceiling, I'm going to lean on Flacco and Brownie. It's
1: really a position of mayonnaise, and what I mean by that is uh, oil, vinegar, and egg just all mixed together. They're all kind of the same. <laughs> You're hoping, you know, you can You're separate right. the pieces, but but we've we've turned into mayonnaise from about QB ten to QB twenty. <laughs> it's all a, a big collection. Uh, do check out the streamer column. It's going to be up this afternoon. One other thing in the streamer, and this is away from the QB position, Rich uh, Rico Dowdle with Dallas. Um, What what do you see as his role down the stretch here? We we did get to see more of him in Philadelphia. Now, people will point out, oh, it was a blowout against the Eagles. But as Ray and I talked about on Monday, he he was being used in the first quarter. They were spotting him. Pollard is not really a guy that you want to just load up, you know, 20 touches a week on. Is Rico Dowdle like a,
2: a decent flex option moving down the stretch here? My confidence level right now in using him at a flex is probably at like a 30%. Like I would use them if I needed them, but it's not something I'm looking for. That said, I think you and Ray are spot on with it. If you go look at the touches for the last month, month and a half or so, they're kind of all over the place. But for the most part, he's right between that seven to 12 touch range. You know, the injury was in there. So I think some of the numbers are skewed a little bit because he was banged up. And here's the thing. If Dallas continues to have these big leads, he's going to continue to get more work anyway. Right. I mean, Pollard's only going to handle so much work, as you guys had pointed out. I think it makes sense to mix him in. He was involved early. He scored one of the early touchdowns. I'm not comfortable yet to go ahead and oh,
1: – Nope, we might have lost Rich, or at least I did.
0: No, we lost yeah. him, I think. That's unfortunate.
1: Ray okay. just hit. Boom. See I think it was you, Kyle. You're upset that he was making the playoffs oh, and you're me. not. It wasn't me. I wouldn't do that to Rich. Come on. Just because he made the playoffs and rubbed it in my face? No way. No way, no how. Uh, do want to thank Rich Mileto. Good stuff there. Do check out the column. Apologize for the technical difficulties there, but do check out the column. Uh, really important for this week, Ray, because you'd like to think, oh, I'm in the playoffs and I'm I'm good at QB. I'm good at running back. Wide. It, it's rarely the case. Like we think of playoff teams, the best in fantasy football, the best in the league. But everybody usually enters this point and, and they are limping and they are looking for waiver pickups. And that's a fact of life with this sport is somebody out there is looking for a tight end this week and, and they're a good team or they're looking for a wide receiver or running back. That streamer column, check it out. And obviously discord, but people are still hunting. In the playoffs, for some help and for some numbers.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we say it all the time at fantasyguru.com. You know, this begins, this challenge begins in June or July or August, whenever you get started. And it's all the way through. And, you know, while it's, you know, hopefully easier than some of the other sports in the sense you've got that group that you start every week and, you know, you pick pieces up and make a trade here or there kind of thing, you got to keep pushing, you got to keep grinding. I know that Rich does a great job in Discord with that, helping people put rosters together, the rest of the crew as well. But uh, don't get discouraged because you lost a player, because it's almost guaranteed the person you're playing this week has also lost one or two players as well.
1: Uh, they may lose uh, Alexander Madison, you know, this week. Uh, we should point out he got a DNP on Tuesday. Now, again, it's only Tuesday, but they play on Saturday. Uh, The Vikings do. Justin Jefferson, a big name there with the Vikings. Ray, we are hearing limited, which is a good sign early in the week. So right now we're kind of trending in the right direction with Jefferson. The other thing with the Vikings is word on the street, Ray, is that Nick Mullins will indeed be the starting quarterback for Saturday. Minnesota is on the road at Cincinnati. Uh, We did not touch on the name Nick Mullins (laughs) when we were talking with Rich. I would put him behind all these other guys,
0: probably even behind Zach Wilson for this week. Well, it's really tough because, I mean, we don't we don't know what what's going on here. We don't know what the backfield's going to look like with Madison. We don't know what the wide receiver core is going to look like with Jefferson. So it's very difficult to get a handle. You, you know, Nick Mullins is he a guy that's going to elevate his teammates? Eh, he needs the pieces. He needs the weapons. Right? He'll mm-hmm. fling it around. You know, he'll give it a go. Uh, but with those two positions in particular in flux, very tough to trust the guy that you have to pick up off the waiver. Like that's something, you know, we're dealing with too. It's like sometimes a lot of these, a lot of these quarterbacks we're talking about aren't good, but you know, Tommy DeVito's starting, right? You know, that's going to, so you might have to make that decision when you're talking about the waiver wire at this point of the week.
1: Minnesota Cincinnati, uh, the first of three games, by the way, on Saturday. The second of those three is the Steelers on the road in Indianapolis. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I don't think he's back this week. Uh, but the Colts do insist he will return at some point this season. Uh, of course he had that dislocated thumb. I think this week would be a bit early for him, but I guess there's a slight chance he could be out there. Tyreek Hill is considered day to day. That's according to Mike McDaniel. Now the dolphins didn't practice yesterday, uh, because they played Monday night, but he does have that ankle injury. Uh, let's see. Jamar Chase got a DNP. Um, ankle injury, so that's probably worth paying attention to. Uh, the Saints have signed James Robinson, maybe that's an indication of Taysom Hill, don't know. But James Robinson is is hanging out with the Saints. Uh, let's see, the Rams released Mason Crosby before he could take a single kick. Uh, with the Rams, and as Ray noted with uh, Rich, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I, I was telling Ray before the show, I Garoppolo was so far out of mind, we've had so many QB changes that I'd forgotten what the situation even was with the Garoppolo. Um, I guess he's able to play, able to start, and there is a report that if Adrian O'Connell struggles this weekend, that we may indeed see uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for Week 16. Which, again, when you talk streamers, <laughs> kind of wild, right? You know, you're in the fantasy semifinals, and there might be somebody saying, ooh, got to turn to Jimmy Garoppolo for Week 16.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest about this. Adrian O'Connell's going to struggle in Week 15 because yeah. he struggled every time. Like, if you're going to do this, just do it. Like, this is the thing I don't understand. Like, it's not like you're going to fire him up. He's going to try harder. Like, come on, man. Like, so I don't get this very much. Uh, I didn't get it at the time. We talked briefly about it before the show started. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end his career making – he's so good looking, by the way. He's going to make all this money. He's going to have all this success. His win-loss record is going to be better than all these guys in the Hall of Fame. And everyone hates him. It's just – it's a wild – you can't tell me. It's impossible to tell me. Impossible. And they know this, which means me, makes me just so confused. They can't say with a straight face that Aiden O'Connell gives them a better chance to win than Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't do it. And yet, they've sold that to us for the last month and a half. Raiders
1: are going to be hosting the Chargers and Easton Stick. That's on Thursday night. They are a three-point favorite. Game total is 34. So uh, get your your Prime account set up for that one. You're going to want to watch that on Thursday night. Uh, Looking at the rest of Week 15, I will say the Saturday games, Ray, Like, none of these games, the three games on Saturday, like, jump off the page and you say, oh, gosh, I want to watch that game. But all three games, Ray, have fairly significant playoff impacts. Like, they're important games for all these teams. Uh, Right now, all six of these teams that are playing on Saturday are fighting for their lives in the playoffs. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Vikings are at Cincinnati, Steelers are at the Colts, and the Broncos are at Detroit. Uh, The home teams are favored in all of them. Cincinnati by three and a half, Indianapolis by two and a half, Detroit by five. Usually, we get to this point in the season, right, with the Saturday games, and maybe if we're lucky, one of them kind of matters. Mm -hmm. But again, all three of these have significant impacts on if these teams are going to make the postseason or not.
0: Yeah, that's nice to see, right? Because we've all complained, rightly so, about a lot of the primetime games. Um, So it's nice to see that we have games that matter. I, I, you know, you and I have talked about this. I don't like this schedule personally. um, Again, the NFL does to play every day of the week. It is what it is. It spreads things out. uh, And at least it'll give us the opportunity. And this is another situation too. Unlike Monday night football called, at least they're staggered, right? Two time wise. So you shouldn't have to choose which game you want to watch. But uh, yeah, I don't know if any of the teams other than to me, other than the lions really pops. But mm-hmm. they're all, like you said, they're all in, in the playoff race, per se, and we could have some good games there.
1: I think all three of those games on the NFL Network, too, so you don't even have to flip channels. You just boom, 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 one after another. Um, any of those road teams going to win, Ray? They're all underdogs. Minnesota at Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh at Indianapolis, Denver at Detroit. You think any of the road dogs pull off an upset?
0: Uh, let's see. What did I turn in? I've got the Lions winning. Okay. I have got the Steelers winning.
1: no oh, there's one.
0: And then I've got the uh was that do the Vikings?
1: Yeah Vikings so I did Steve. the
0: ba- I did the Bengals so I got two of the three actually
1: yeah yeah I think Pittsburgh does have a significant chance there. Um, yeah. and, and right now Indianapolis I think is a playoff team. They're the seven seed. Uh, Pittsburgh could kind of knock them out and open it up for a lot of other squads. A team like Buffalo is really following that game. Uh, they need the Colts to lose there. So that's Saturday uh, Sunday's still busy. You know, even with the game on Thursday and the three on Saturday, uh, we don't have any buys this week, so everybody else is in action. Um, Atlanta is at Carolina. The Falcons favored by three there. That uh, total is 35. There's a lot of 30s. It's just depressing we to look at. I mean, I, I, these games, let's see. We have seven games in the one o'clock window. Six of the seven are 38 and a half or lower. I mean, in, in the game that isn't, Tampa and Green Bay is 41 and a half. So it's it's depressing almost. If I'm Roger Goodell, Ray. Yeah. I, and I, get, I I will say this. That's ugly. That's bad. The QB play, all that. Nice. I, I wouldn't look at this season, Ray. And, and you watch every damn game. So do I. We have to do this. On, I, I wouldn't look back at this season and say, oh, my God, that was such a bore to watch. Like, it's still entertaining, which is kind of fascinating when you're when your QBs are knocked out, when the games are finishing in the high 30s. Like, I wouldn't look at this year and say, oh, gosh, like 10 years from now, Ray, I'm not going to point to 2023 and go, oh, man, you should have been there in 2023. It was the worst year of football ever. I I don't feel like it's like that. I'm sure people will make that argument. But as somebody who's had to sit through this for 14 weeks and eventually 18 weeks, I, I don't feel like I've been punished. Over those 14 plus weeks,
0: <laughs> well, we get Tommy DeVito, we get his agent with the Fedora. Like, we, there's storylines, right? You know, there's some positives you can take. There's always storylines you can focus on, I think, and find some positivity. There's nothing wrong with a game being 17 to 14 if it's well played, Yeah. right? The problem is a lot of the 17, 14 games are five turnovers and 26 penalties, right? Like, this. <laughs> so it all, it all depends how the game played, but you can have low scoring games that are still good football games. We'd all like to see the points, I think. But yeah, I. When, when you talk about so many injuries occurring, as they do every year, but then you also talk about the quarterback position being decimated relative to historical uh, precedent, you can't be surprised that the offenses are down a bit.
1: Uh, rest of those 1 o'clock games, Giants are at the Saints. Saints favored by 6. Uh, Cleveland with Joe Flacco favored by 3.5 with Chicago coming to town. The Jets are 9-point dogs on the road at Miami. Uh, remember, the uh, Dolphins were favored by 13 against the Titans in loss. Uh, Kansas City goes to New England. Chiefs favored by nine and a half. Houston is at Tennessee. Uh, Titans actually favored there. Doesn't sound like the uh, Texans will have Stroud. So the Titans are a field goal favorite. Tampa is up in Green Bay. Uh, Packers favored by three and a half. Then we have four games in the late window on Sunday. Uh, San Francisco will take their traveling uh, aerial show uh, to Arizona. Uh, Let's see, 49ers favored by 13 and a half there. The Rams are hosting Washington. Rams favored by almost a touchdown, six and a half. Uh, Let's see, Dallas at Buffalo. I'm a little surprised by this, right? Buffalo favored by two and a half. I mean, with the way Dallas has been playing, that one kind of surprised me to see the Bills uh, a two and a half point pick.
0: Yeah, it depends. It's home away, I guess, right? That's really what the the focus is uh, because they seem to be a different team in those two locations to the Cowboys. 51, by the way, is the game total. 51!
1: That's like today's 75 of yesteryear. Uh, Sunday night football, Baltimore's at Jacksonville. Ravens favored by three and a half. And Monday night has the Eagles going to Seattle. Uh, They're just coming off that brutal four games. This one's not easy. I know Seattle's struggling, but going to Seattle on a Monday night. Uh, Man, Philadelphia, they're earning their way into the postseason, I think. Uh, They are favored by four. I got a question in the chat room from Jeffrey Ray, and we get this every year at this point. Uh, Worrying about sit-downs, worrying about breaks. Uh, When do you start? Not now. Not next week. I mean, all these teams, Ray, nobody has anything clinched. Mm -hmm. So nobody should be thinking that way. Um, For many of you, a vast majority of you, week 17 is the end of your season. And I would say it's doubtful that anybody is in a position, Ray, where they're at ease in week 17. I'd say that's very doubtful. Like let's, let's say Miami gets upset again this week and Baltimore wins. Well, Okay. Then Baltimore is kind of in a driver's seat, but they're still playing guys in week 17 because Ray, you've said it time and again, I totally agree with you. Any NFL team that's benching Lamar Jackson or taking him out in the second quarter of week 17, Uh, Folks, you got to understand week 18, then a bye week, then the third. I mean, for those who just play 17 weeks, right? I don't think it's going to be a concern for anybody this season about guys sitting or being removed to take care of them down the stretch.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the NFC, you've got the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Niners all have 10 victories. The Lions got nine. You look at the other conference, the AFC, you've got nine victories for the Dolphins, 10 for the, the Ravens, and everyone's got eight or seven. So to Kyle's point, there is real no real separation here. We don't so playoff seating is completely up in there. Making the playoffs is completely up in the air for a majority of these teams. This is a storyline that we talk about every year. Uh, I think it's completely overblown every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you talk about week 17 in the fantasy playoffs, the majority of people, even if teams are sitting guys, the majority of leagues have two teams playing. Two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you happen to be one of the two teams that are left are you really going to bench Christian McCaffrey because he might sit in the second half and play Jordan Mason? No. So I don't, yeah. I don't think the question, I mean, maybe if we're talking about the Zay Jones level of guys, maybe it matters, but I agree with Kyle completely. And like you said, I've said this previously, you, you, you it doesn't do you any good to rest the guy and have him not play for three weeks. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work. So I think that, you know, we, you've said this all along, we should be playing week 18, right? Yeah. Cause again, only two teams are going to be playing week 18. Uh, people don't have an appetite for that, but I would not be concerned about right. having guys sit in the fantasy playoffs if your league ends after week 17. Yeah. Uh,
1: and, and it this year, Ray, it may be more of an effect on the lousy teams who are like, who cares? Let's try to lose these games. You know, because they're trying to get, you know, draft positioning. Possibly. Yeah. So, But I, I think maybe one advantage of the NFL creating a 13th and 14th playoff team is that creates more – hustle and bustle teams are trying to set themselves up for who they want to play. And, you know, only the one seed gets the buy now. So that's still, so it's, it's actually something that to raise point is overblown. Um, now, again, if you're playing week 18, things may be different, but like 85% of you only play 17 weeks, probably 95%.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I don't think you're going to have an issue yeah. this season. That, that, that would be my guess uh going down the stretch. Thanks for the, uh, the, the call. The uh, question, Jeffrey, we do appreciate it. Uh, before we get out of here, Ray, a little bit of baseball, uh, because uh, there's actually some some movement, which we expected. You know, Otani gets, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered, and now everybody else can go after the guys. Uh, but this is on the trade market. Got some reporting this morning that Tyler Glasnow, as well as Manny Margot, could be heading from Tampa Bay to L.A. to the Dodgers, uh, which the Dodgers actually need pitching. Now, I don't know if Glasnow's is the answer because Ray is, his availability is all over right. the place. Uh, but this this sounds like a Dodgers move. It, it would be for prospects. You know, Tampa's bringing in prospects. Margot probably becomes a starter for this team. Uh, they have some openings offensively. Uh, but Tyler Glasnow, I, I get it. He's good. He, he's dominant when he's out there, Ray. But I don't think we got a guy who's getting you 160 innings without a thought. I mean, you're hoping for like 130. is more Clayton Kershaw Mm -hmm. than he is, you know, Sonny Gray, I guess. Or, well, Lance Lynn, how about that? You know, I I can get 190 innings of crap from Lance Lynn, but (laughs) Glasnow's kind of just a right-handed Kershaw in terms of reliability, I think.
0: Yeah, and I I did some more digging into this, reading articles and stuff, and I sent this to everyone, but just to put it out there here, uh, the Dodgers actually have deferred $850 million. (laughs) <laughs> between Betts, Freeman, and Otani. $850 million they deferred. And this, if they were to bring in Glasnow, this is exactly the situation we described on the show yesterday occurring with the Dodgers, mm-hmm. because they would have that $24 million that they're technically not paying Otani, that they're paying Otani. That's basically the salary of Glasnow. So th- they would, in essence, get Glasnow and Otani because of the fudging that they're able to do with the, the contracts. In terms of the signing, I think that's a great point. He basically is the right-handed Kershaw obviously younger and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the expectation workload-wise, I think it'd be a, obviously a great move for the Dodgers. You know, they've got Bobby Miller who stepped up. Uh, they're, they're hoping to have Walker Bueller back. He could be back at full strength because he he didn't pitch this year at all, right? So he gets another six months to come back from the Tommy John surgery. They would lose Pepiot in the deal, according to what we're yeah. hearing. Uh, but this is a, you know, Glasnow is a top-end ace-level pitcher that on any given day can seven innings of shutout balls coming at you. So it would be a significant move Uh, yet again for the Dodgers.
1: Uh, Yamamoto, uh, the import, who's probably the most sought after free agent right now. Uh, Sounds like he's going to meet with Boston. Uh, We're told he's met with the Mets, the Yankees, Rays Giants. Speaking of Rays Giants, um, Jung-Hoo Lee. Rays probably already getting that Lee jersey put together. Uh, Big money, six years, $113 million. Um, A young outfielder. This is not like a 30-year-old coming over from Japan. I think he's 25, Ray. And Mm -hmm. as you noted, um, he's been a star across the ocean, um, not only with his bat, but also his mitt. I think he's like a four- or five-time gold glover over there. So, you you know, you don't want to get carried away. There's a lot of hits. There's a lot of misses with all these guys. It's kind of back and forth, especially on the hitting end. But on the surface, this looks like a guy who – I don't know, Ray. Is he going to be like drafted as a third outfielder in fantasy? You think this year, Are people going to lift him to that level? I kind of feel like we're we're trending. Say a Suzuki was mm-hmm. kind of seen this way with Chicago, and I think it's safe to say through two years that has been okay at best. I mean, he's fine, but he's nothing special. Lee is supposed to be special with the Giants.
0: He is, and again, the numbers. I mean, three forty average, four hundred on base percentage, almost a five hundred slugging percentage, MVP and KBO, all that. The problem is, as we have seen with a lot of the imports, especially coming from the KBO, is there's a difference in the length of the season. There's a difference in the baseball they use. There's a difference in the scoring. There's a difference in the way they play the game. All these kind of things are changing. Velocity.
1: Velocity is a lot, lot higher over too. here. From yeah. too. No, no, no. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, he's got one season in his career of 16 home runs. So, you know, I mean, is he Jeff McNeil? You know, I mean, it, it seems like the... People understand why the Giants paid, but there's also a feeling that they overpaid uh, to get Lee. Uh, I think that there's a very reasonable expectation of him being a very good. Now, people hear me say Jeff McNeil. Oh, Jeff McNeil sucks. He's a 300 hitter with a 350 on base. That's pretty good. Um, I mentioned Andrew Benintendi earlier. Not the crappy version we got right now, but the guy from five years ago, right? Like, I think Lee will be an effective player in the fantasy space. He'll be an effective player for the Giants. I struggle to see him... I don't know. As a third outfielder, that's tough, Kyle, because let's play it out. Let's say he hits 300 with 11 home runs and seven steals. Now, if he hits 320 with 18 home runs and 14 steals, right? So, uh, you know, I think uh, – um uh, what's his name with the, the Red Sox? I'm drawing a blank. Uh Who they brought oh, over last uh, year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Why am I drawing a blank? too much in football
1: as well yeah
0: yeah i'll think about it (laughs) i'll think Uh, Yoshida thank you jeez Mm -hmm. Masataka Yoshida what if he does what Yoshida did last year that's a wildly successful season were there a lot of people in the fantasy space that had Yoshida and said yeah yeah so he might be drafted as a three but it's hard to see you can't predict he's gonna hit 330 over here
1: yeah what was your what is Yoshida's age
0: um, he's 30 so he's five he's years 30. old
1: yeah and I was looking like Ichiro was 27 I think When he, so again 25 we, we don't you know obviously Otani came over younger uh, but you don't get a lot of hitters it feels like that are this young uh, from the KBO or Japan leagues whatever it may be but 25 years old so uh, we'll see what he can grow into a couple of other minor moves uh, let's see Philadelphia signing Rowdy Telez, one year contract there Uh, Big news with the Mets, Ronnie Mauricio, who's uh, one of their top end prospects, he's a shortstop, 22 years old, tore his ACL in uh, the the Winter League. And, Ray, he's done for the season. So, you know, they lost Diaz last year to a torn ACL, and now they lose uh, Mauricio, um, who still has a long run in his career. But he was probably penciled in as a starter, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's done for the season now with the Mets.
0: Just to correct something, Kyle, Telez is to the Pirates. pirates Um,
1: Pirates. thank you You, okay i carry the less
0: we've all done it yeah Yeah. um but yeah this is i I was talking to phil backer um trying to figure out where would risio played i assume left field because they've announced that mcneil's their second baseman they've obviously got lindor at short but that's a guy that we saw flash the skills late last year uh terrible news obviously at least if there is a silver lining it happened now so we didn't draft him and then it happened and it happened early enough in the offseason that there's obviously a great anticipation and hope that he'll be fully healthy at the start of next season.
1: Uh, speaking of the Mets, ex-Met Seth Lugo is now a Royal. Right? the Royals spending money three years, forty-five million for Seth Lugo. Does it mm-hmm. does it make sense?
0: <laughs> uh, well, it's the growing rate, right? Like, do you like is Lance Lynn going to sign there? Yeah, right. So, what do you do, right? And there's been rumors about you know, Michael Walker. Been yeah. someone that they're interested in too, and you jokingly said, "Was Royals for president or Royals for World Series champs?" No, I'll tell you why, Ray. I didn't okay. get to this yesterday. Here's
1: why: for for people who missed it, uh, the Royals have actually been very active in mm-hmm. in uh, the Winter League or uh, the the Hot Stove League. Uh, they signed Will Smith, the pitcher. This now guarantees Ray that the Royals will be your 2024 World champions. Which right now I think you can get at fifteen thousand plus fifteen thousand. Okay. Uh, because Will Smith, uh, what is it? Atlanta, Houston, Texas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's won three World Series in the last three years with three different teams, and now Ray—he's a Royal. The streak has got to continue. And again, plus fifteen hundred for Will for Will Smith and the Royals to win it all. I think they're they're actually the third worst odds. <laughs> I think Colorado is behind them, and uh, the A's. Those are the only two teams with longer odds than the Royals, despite will smith come into town
0: does the addition of will smith get negated by the all the other addition of chris stratton the former cardinal <laughs> i don't know Kyle. does that
1: well the, the other positive for the royals is uh maybe they'll get rid of zach greek
0: <laughs> he still wants to pitch Greinke, They said he says he wants to pitch yeah. i think somebody wants that greek uh, it depends there are te- i mean does he want to go to the pirates like <laughs> there are teams that would take him i don't know if he'd end up i mean he went to the royals probably because he'd been there previously right uh I don't know. I mean, I I'd love to see him become a pitching coach, right? I think that he could do that if he wanted to, but uh
1: he was two and fifteen last year. Yeah, cool. but you know records or not. And yeah, you know. okay, yeah, well, like two and fifteen is a record I would pay attention to. <laughs> <laughs> um his ERA was five, if that helps. Um Green gonna be forty. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame? That's what I was going to do. I mean, gosh. I mean, it's argument- got one Cy Young. Right. He got probably what a half to eight all star games. I Ray, if he had left in like two thousand nineteen, right? He might have made it. But I almost is Madison Bumgardner a Hall of Famer? Probably not. I don't right. think Grinke, I I don't think so. He probably comes up short.
0: I mean, Granky's got two hundred and twenty five victories, stone over thirty three hundred innings. His career whip was one one seven, you know, four to one strikeout out the walk race. Like you start putting this together, and was he ever the best pitcher in the league? this amount of time right was he ever yeah. considered a hall of famer as he was doing it yeah but for a good 10 years there he was yeah. one of the better right-handed pitchers in all of baseball there's no doubt about that but yeah it's it'll be he'll he'll probably be one of those guys that hangs on right and then like in year eight or nine everyone's like all right let's put him in or let's forget yeah. it I, I think he'll probably be one of those
1: guys as i always say he's not in my hall of fame but that doesn't mean he can't be in the baseball hall of fame yeah. uh, a lot of these guys can sneak in late um, okay. I think that pretty well takes us to the end of the road today. Uh, Ray and I are back tomorrow. We will, uh, get set up with Ryan Clifford. I think on Thursday preview, the chargers and the Raiders, uh, Ani Sridhar haven't seen Ani in a while. He's going to jump on board, talk some EPL as they get ready for another game week. Uh, big news there is Erling Holland. Is he going to play or not? Erling, the uh, big superstar Otani level dude, is he going to be available this weekend? So we will get the latest with uh, Ani on that. Uh, Ray, have a great uh, rest of your Wednesday and uh, we'll catch up tomorrow morning.
0: Sounds good, Kyle. Thanks,
1: bud. Uh, and book those tickets to Brazil for the NFL game, okay?
0: Yeah, I'll get on that. Get
1: on that, Ray. Sao Paulo's beautiful. It beautiful. is. True story. Yeah, beautiful. I've <laughs> never been there, but I'm sure it's beautiful. Um, okay, that does it for us. Thanks to everybody who followed us in the chat. All the questions, the comments, we do appreciate it. Give us a five-star review. We really love that. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here with Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.